What is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of life? Everyone wants to have some sort of meaning, some sort of purpose, to be able to answer the question, why are we here? The, the quest to find the meaning and purpose of life has been a driving force behind uh, a lot of philosophical thought and religious practice. And as people have pursued these questions, uh, they have placed their purpose for life in, in a lot of different things. Uh, a, a quick Google search looking for quotes about the meaning and, and purpose of life brings about some interesting answers. Um, here's two. I don't know who these people are, but this is part of what came up. Uh, Joseph Campbell says, the meaning of life is whatever you ascribe it to be. Being alive is the meaning. Uh, Philip Appleman says, whatever we are, whatever we make of ourselves is all we will ever have. And that, in its profound simplicity, is the meaning of life. Um, it's pretty sad, right? Uh, th- these two quotes are an excellent picture of what the world views as the meaning of life. Uh, the world believes you can have the power to ascribe whatever meaning you like to your life. So whatever you want life to be, that's what it is. They say, you decide what the meaning of life is for yourself. And this leads people to be motivated by selfish ambition because their meaning is to do whatever it is that they want to do. Um, This directs their life. Uh, They've chosen to be the God of their own life. But is this really what life is about? Uh, is life really what, just whatever we decide to make it to be? No. Uh, in, in search for the meaning of life, you will not find the answer in yourself. Uh, life does, in fact, have a specific purpose and meaning, and it is not whatever you decide it to be. Um, so if you won't find the meaning of life in yourself, uh, where Where can we find it? Um, Well, we find the meaning of life in in the Word of God. The one who created all things knows how the world operates and what we were made for. Uh, We all desperately need this truth. Uh, The truth about God, the truth about ourselves, uh, the truth about life. In, In our passage this morning, we see Paul speaking about the meaning of life. Paul is he's rejoicing in the truth of the gospel being proclaimed, uh, the, the prayers of the church, the, the help of the, the Holy Spirit. And as he considers his situation, uh, he is considering his life and his death. And as he considers his life and his death, uh, we also see uh, with these ends, uh, life or death, that uh, uh, Paul is thinking about the meaning of life as well. Uh, Paul's teaching about the meaning of of his life and death are instructive uh, for us as we consider our own lives and our own deaths. So this morning, uh, we will see what it means 
To live is Christ, and to die is gain. Uh, So if you haven't already, turn to Philippians. I'm going to start reading at the end of verse 18 through 26. So Philippians chapter 1, at the end of 18. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Lord, I ask that as we take a look at this passage of of Scripture, your word, that uh, we would be drawn to you, uh, that we would uh, be convicted of, of the meaning of life, that we would examine ourselves and, and how we live, that we would live for your honor and glory. Amen. I, I believe verse 21 is one of the most profound statements in, in all of Scripture. So the statement, for me to live, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Uh, this Statement is true for every person who's, who's been saved. And in light of the, the story of Scripture, this truth exemplifies the hope that is in the gospel. Uh, this statement is a, a, a call back to the meaning and purpose of life. In the beginning, God had given mankind life and, and breath, but instead of living in obedience to the Lord, they lived for self. And, and death was the consequence for this disobedience to God. And, and since then, the natural state of man was to live out this statement instead. To live is self, and to die is loss. Constantly being motivated by what is perceived to be good for oneself, and, and seeking after immortality, um, this, this opposite statement is a summary of the quotes that I read earlier. Uh, People living for themselves and being terrified of the death that inevitably awaits them. But the good news of of Jesus is that he he saves us from our life of sin uh, so that it is true when we say to live is Christ and to die is gain. So let's look more in depth into this, this statement. What does to live as Christ mean? First of all, to live as Christ means to truly be alive. To truly be alive. This is not simply being physically alive. The reality is that many who are physically alive are spiritually dead. Sin brought about both physical and spiritual death. For the wages of sin is death. 
Scripture is clear as it teaches about the state of mankind. Ephesians 2 is, is a great example of this. It says this, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Paul is clear and consistent in his teaching about the state of man before repenting and believing in, in Christ for salvation. He says, and you were dead. This deadness that he speaks of is it's a spiritual state for mankind. He then also says that we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. This, this being alive is physical life. Uh, and this is important to remember that just because people are physically alive does not mean they are spiritually alive. In fact, uh, it is possible to be physically alive and spiritually dead. And that is the normal state of, of mankind as they're born into the world. Physically alive, but spiritually dead. Paul says, to live is Christ. This does not just mean physical life, but spiritual life as well. There is a, a spiritual resurrection that needs to occur in order to be truly alive in the flesh. The beginning of, of verse 22 says, if I am to live in the flesh. Paul is talking about his life and physical body here. Remember, he has just said that Christ will be honored in his body, whether by life or by death. And we need to make a distinction here as we talk about the flesh. Living in the flesh is different than living for the flesh. Living in the flesh is different than living for the flesh. Sometimes the word flesh simply means the body, the physical body, while other times it can be our sinful nature. So when Paul says, if I'm to live in the flesh, he is not talking about living in order to gratify the sinful nature of the flesh, even though he uses this same word to talk about the desires of the flesh in other places. He's talking about being truly alive, even spiritually alive, in his physical body. It is, it's, a pos, it's possible to be alive in the flesh and dead to sin as people seek out to satisfy their fleshly desires. Galatians 5.16 says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So, living to gratify the flesh is to live in unrepentant sin. And this is the life that, that every person lives before before Christ, uh, before coming to, to salvation in Christ. Living to gratify the flesh is to be dead in sin, is to live for the passions of the body and the mind without any thought of God whatsoever. 
There's no fear of God that directs life. And Paul explicitly shows us this as he continues in Galatians 5 and verse 19. He says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. To live for the works of the flesh is not truly living, but rather to be dead, even while alive in the flesh. Remember, the normal fallen condition of man is to look at life and say, to live is self, instead of saying to live is Christ. With, with a mind set on self, then everything is, it turns to be about, about me, my, my own pleasure, my own gratification. Everything is to serve my own desires, to serve the flesh. All of the sins mentioned in, in Galatians there, uh, those works of the flesh are about gratifying those personal desires and living a life for personal gain and pleasure rather than glorifying God. The world, the world teaches that this is good. Um, the world teaches that finding ways to, to please yourself is what life is all about. Don't, don't be fooled by the world. Don't fall into the trap of being conformed to the pattern of the world. How, how is it that we, that we can keep ourselves from being fooled? How can we keep ourselves from being conformed to the pattern of the world? This is, this is the power of the gospel. God is able to raise the dead to life. So that now in Christ, there is life instead of death. The good news of, of the gospel is that God makes us into new creations. And instead of living to gratify the flesh, we're now able to live in obedience to God. To live is, is Christ. As we live life, we live for the glory and praise of God rather than the glory and praise of self. As we live in accordance to the commands of God, uh, this means fruitful labor. So being made alive, truly alive, makes fruitful labor possible. So that's secondly, to live as Christ means fruitful labor. To live as Christ means fruitful labor. labor. Paul says, if I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. So we're back at this question of the meaning of life. And Paul explicitly states here that to live his life in the flesh means to live out fruitful labor. So, to live as Christ, life in the flesh means fruitful labor. And we have this meaning spelled out very plainly. And so an important question then that's brought up with, with this what is this fruitful labor? That's, if that's what Paul is saying is the meaning of, of his life, it must be important. So what, exactly, what exactly is it? Uh, 
If you skip ahead to verse 25, we see that we see what Paul means by fruitful labor. So it says this Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. So Paul is defining fruitful labor as remaining and continuing with the church in order to help produce progress and to grow in joy in the faith in the church. So, to put it in simple terms, fruitful labor is faithfulness. Paul says that he knows that he will remain and continue. So when you think about fruitful labor in the Christian life, think about remaining and continuing. Remaining and continuing in the faith and with the church is fruitful labor. This is the fruitful work. When I think of something being fruitful, I think about what it produces. So an apple tree produces apples. And the fruit that comes from the fruitful labor of remaining and continuing in the faith and with the church is this growth in progress and joy in the faith. The fruitful labor of remaining and continuing produces growth and progress and joy in the faith. I want to encourage you in this fruitful labor to remain and continue in the faith and with the church. Paul says that he will remain and continue with you all. Paul's not leaving the church to disown Christ. And he's not stopping or breaking off his fellowship with the church. And we're called to this same labor, to remain and continue. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We are to continue to meet together with the church. Uh, and sometimes there's a thought that can creep in where people don't believe that they, they need the church. Uh, they decide to live their life just, just them and Jesus. Um, that is not the life that Jesus calls us to. Uh, we are to be in community with the church in order to sharpen each other and push each other to be more like Christ, to offer accountability and, and encouragement, to remain and continue with the church. And as you remain and continue with the church, stirring up one another to love and good works, encouraging each other in the Lord, and then there's progress and, and growth and, and joy in the faith. And this progress is growth and sanctification. It is the growth of becoming more like Christ. As we continue with the church, there's a growth in love for God, which leads to a more obedient life. And our love for God in an obedient life brings about joy in the faith as we celebrate the fact that Christ died for sinners like us, rose again from the grave, offering salvation and hope, eternal life. We can grow in our joy in the gospel. The world is going to attack this fruitful labor. 
the world will attack you for remaining and continuing with the church. This, this attack's already happening today. Uh, it will happen more in the future. Um, and part of the way the world will attack you is to say that remaining and continuing with the church, they'll say that it's fruitless. Uh, they'll, they'll go further than that. Uh, the world will say that to remain and continue with the church is actually dangerous and full of hate. Um, and again, we've already seen this happening. It will continue um, as the world heaps these accusations upon the, the church. Unfortunately, um, there'll be some who decide to listen to the culture rather than listen to the word of God. Um, and these people who, who, who do end up leaving the church and and by the church, I mean leaving the faith. Uh, there are other faithful Christian churches other than Logansville. I'm talking about leaving the faith. Uh, they will they'll be applauded by the world for their bravery. Uh, and this applause and, and accolades that these people receive after they've left the faith, they've left the church, sometimes that's a temptation for, for others to also leave the church, to leave the faith, as they desire the, the approval and praise of, of man rather than, rather than God. The, the fruitful labor is to remain and continue, uh, but a temptation for the, for the church is to do the opposite of remaining and continuing. The, the temptation is to, to leave and stop. The temptation is to, to leave the church and stop pursuing the Lord, uh, to stop reading God's word, to, to stop praying, to stop fellowshipping with the church. Um, the, the continued leaving of the church and the continued stopping of the pursuit of the Lord is evidence of, of a hard heart. First uh, John 2.19 puts it this way, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. And this is it's a hard text, but it's clear. They went out from us, but they were not of us. In this exhortation to remain and continue with the church. I have a, a practical comment to make. Um, as, as I've watched people leave the faith over the years, um, part of the, the trend that I've seen of, of people leaving is that they feel that some of the questions that they have about God, about life and death, and uh, about the Christian faith, they, they feel that they've gone unanswered by the church. Um, and in not feeling like their questions have been answered, uh, or answered in the way that they desire, uh, they went to go find answers to their questions outside of the church. And then they leave the church as they find the answers they're looking for in the world. Um, Paul says, that he will remain and continue with the church. 
for their progress and joy in the faith. Um, so it's assumed here that there is progress to be made, that there is joy to increase in. Um, I want to encourage you, uh, if you have any questions about the faith, about God, Scripture, life, death, um, it, Dana and I and, and the elders, we're here to remain and continue with you um, for your progress and joy in the faith. Uh, we're, we're here for you and desire to, to listen to questions and to seek out the Lord with you as we look at the truth of, of his word. Um, this is part of what it means to remain and, and continue. There's progress to be made in our understanding of God. How the gospel daily affects our lives. Um, we will we'll gladly listen to your, your questions about God and, and about life. Um, I want you to be encouraged to remain and continue. Um, and all of this is done for the glory of God. So third, uh, to live as Christ means to glory in Christ. Um, Paul says, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ because of my coming to you again. Our life in the flesh, our, our fruitful labor of remaining and continuing in the faith, our Progress and increased joy in, in the faith is all for the glory of Christ. Uh, our, our life is completely for the glory of God. Now, it, it could be confusing reading this section and, and uh, think that Paul is being self-centered and seeking uh, praise in this verse. Uh, he says, So that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ. But, but Paul, he, he's not drawing attention to himself. He, he's pointing to the Lord here. Uh, this is similar to what Paul said back in, in verse 3 of chapter 1. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Paul remembers the Philippians and thanks God for them. Uh, th this is the same thing that is happening here. They have caused a glory in Christ because of what God is doing in and through Paul. The emphasis is on the Lord because we are made for, for his glory. Isaiah 43, 5-7 says, Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, Give up and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by, by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So the Lord created for his own glory. And to live as Christ means to glory in Christ Jesus. This is what we were made for. And this is the, the consistent exhortation of, of Scripture, that we're to do everything in life to, to honor and glory, bring glory to God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 
in Colossians 3.17, and, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we are to live our lives for the glory of God. Uh, and there's something here at the end of verse 26 that we need to notice. Um, the reason he, he mentions for the Philippian church to glory in, in Christ is because of, he says, my coming to you again. Uh, Paul coming to them would be an answer to, to prayer. Uh, it would be a, a happy reunion. Remember, he, he's, in, he's in prison. Um, this, is, this is a great reminder to give thanks to God and give glory to God and in the good that happens in life for, for answered prayers. I know for myself, I, sometimes I can easily forget uh, to give thanks to God when things are going well. Um, the, the, the temptation that we face when things are going well is to believe that we're doing okay on our own. Um, but that's, we, we need the grace of God and we need the Lord in, in everything that we do. Um, let's give thanks to God as, as prayers are answered. So remember when, when things go well, to, to give thanks and glory in Christ for, for the good that he provides his people, not only in this life, but also in the life to come. Which brings us to this interesting discussion that Paul has about the tension that marks the, the Christian life. Uh, so fourth, to live as Christ is to have two desires. Uh, to live as Christ is, is to have two desires. We need to go back to verse 22. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and, and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Um, the, the, the Christian is torn between these two desires— to, to live life in the flesh for the glory of God and to depart and be with Christ. If you've, if you've repented of your sin and, and believed in Jesus, I, I believe that these desires make sense to you. Um, we want to live for the glory of God with the life that he's given us, um, but we also are greatly looking forward to the day when faith has made sight, uh, when we're with Christ. And even... Even though these two desires are present, Paul, he rests in the sovereignty of God to bring about how life will turn out. Uh, he is convinced of living life as long as he has it in order to serve the church, to give glory to God. Uh, we can find encouragement and, and hope in this, this beautiful tension that we can live life uh, that we've been given by God, for the glory of God, um, and for the, the progress of, of the church, and that whenever, whenever death comes our way, to die is gain. Um, so this tension that we have between living our life in the flesh for the glory of God and desiring to depart and uh, be with Christ, it informs how we live our life. Uh, our love for God moves us to act, act in obedience as we glorify God with our lives. And we have eternity in mind as we face life looking 
forward to spending eternity with Christ. The, the truth of eternity, which with, with Christ, uh, provides us with hope in all of life, even as we face our inevitable death. Um, uh, it's, I don't, it's an incredible truth, right? That, that to die is, is gain. Um, but it brings up a question that's, that's good for us to consider. How is it that the death can be gain? Um, so to die is gain means to be with Christ. As, as people have sought after the meaning of life, they have also had to wrestle with the reality and mystery of what happens after life, what comes after death. So there can be a great fear of the unknown. Thankfully, we have answers given to us in the Word of God. Um, Paul speaks of life and death for the Christian in, in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 6 through 10. It says, So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Paul is able to say that the dying is, is gain because he knows that he'll be with the Lord when he dies, uh, which is, is far better. Um, why is it far better? It's better because being with Christ is to be away from sin, uh, away from sickness, away from sorrow, away from pain and, and death, to have that perfect relationship with God forever. To be with Christ is, it'll be perfection because we're with Christ. Uh, to be with Christ is to, to finally be home. Um, saying that, that being with Christ is, is far better, it's, it's actually an understatement. Uh, but we don't, have, we don't have another word to describe how much better it truly will be. Uh, being with Christ will be unimaginably better. And if you are saved, this is what you have to look, you have to look forward to as, as you let, live life here and now. Uh, you're able to look forward to an eternity that is unimaginably better than anything that you can think of. Uh, the goodness and greatness of, of being with Christ is beyond what we can comprehend or think, because God is, is that great and that good. For the Christian, to live is Christ, and to die is truly gain. However, for the world, to, to live is self, and to die is loss. And for those who pass away apart from the Lord, that will be their, their greatest loss as they will no longer have hope of salvation. They will have lost their opportunity to repent and, and believe in Jesus. This is the greatest loss that someone could experience. Um, 
It's, it's a loss that will last all of eternity. It, if you are here this morning, you have not yet repented and believed in, in Christ, I, I plead with you. Today is the day of salvation. You can repent and believe. You, would, you can have eternal life. Um, your, death, your death does not have to be loss. Uh, you can have hope in eternal life. Your death can be gain. When you repent and believe, the Lord provides you with new life in Christ. And this new life gives your life meaning. Uh, not only meaning, but, but the true meaning of what we were made for. Um, to live for the glory and praise of God. And the Lord also provides us with comfort and and hope as we look forward to life after death with the Lord. Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let's pray. Lord, we're again just astounded and amazed that you would, you would have love for sinners like us that you would send Christ to die in our place so that it is possible that for those who repent and believe that dying does not have to be lost but can be, can be gain. Uh, an, an incomprehensible gain of being with you, united with, with Christ for eternity. God, we thank you for this great gift. Uh, ask that you'd help us to remain and continue uh, for our progress and joy in the faith. And pray this in your name. Amen.